0: CHAPTER 173 OF VARNEY THE VAMPIRE, VOLUME 3 THIS IS A LIBRIVOX RECORDING ALL LIBRIVOX RECORDINGS ARE IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN FOR MORE INFORMATION, OR TO VOLUNTEER, PLEASE VISIT LIBRIVOX.ORG RECORDING BY MARY HERNDON BELL VARNEY THE VAMPIRE, VOLUME 3 BY THOMAS Prescott PREST CHAPTER 173. THE WEDDING MORNING. THE NEW ARRIVAL. THE DISAPPEARANCE OF THE VAMPIRE Bridegroom. The Signora retired to her own chamber and remained there for many hours, but during that time two messengers had left the mansion secretly, and then all was still. The lovely and beautiful Isabella, however, was not to be seen in her usual walks or at her father's board, as was her wont. She was only seen within the precincts of her own apartments, pallid, sad, and sorrowful. "'Your daughter, Count,' said the stranger one morning, "'does not appear as usual. I trust she is quite well.' "'Yes, quite well.' I hope I have given no cause of offense. If so, I hope I may be informed of my error, that I may speedily amend it. There is none, Chevalier, but my daughter Isabella has asked a week's preparation for the nuptials, which week she will pass in her own apartments, secluded, and at the end of which time she leaves them for your protection and which will, I trust, be to her happiness. It shall be my business to make her happy, and for want of goodwill and hearty endeavor, she shall never lack content and bliss. I have every presage of a most happy and felicitous life in the future. I am sure she will be happy. It is my great hope, Chevalier. It is the one object of my life. I would it were settled and the affair over. I should die unhappy if I thought poor Isabella in the hands of any one who would not use her as she deserved to be. She is of herself a treasure. She is. She is. And when she is once a wife, she will not look for a father's protection. Neither will she need it. My death, when it does happen, will be a great and heavy blow, but it will be less when she has the comfort and consolation of a husband to console her for what would otherwise be irreparable. Yes, it would have the effect of deadening the blow, and of shortening the duration of its intensity, though it will be by no means prevented. I cannot say I should desire it. No. No. Certainly not. And Signora Isabella never could forget such a parent. I have done my duty, I hope. And many congratulate yourself, Count. But then, with regard to Isabella, she will meet me as usual here on the day of the ceremonial. Most assuredly. And I am to be denied her company till then. Yes, She will meet you on the morning at the altar. Be it so, but I could have been happy in her society. At any rate, I must be so, by reflecting that I shall soon be the favored, happy husband of Isabella, for with her my happiness will be complete. And my happiness will be complete in knowing hers is so. I could have wished that some of those who have known me in France had been here to see my happiness, but that cannot be. Could you not send to them? There would not be time for their return, and moreover, if there had been, I question whether I ought to hold any communication with them, lest I bring them under the ban of the government, and I may not do that. Truly... You have the same feelings as I used to have, but I have long since ceased to feel any of that kind of interest. Time cures that. It does, and you will find that it will heal all those wounds, and you will find that it will heal all those wounds which such a separation from your country causes you. I hope so. My offense is there. They will never forgive thus conversed the stranger and the count and thus six days passed during which time the signora isabella was seen by none save her attendants who were few and most of her time was spent in tears and prayers she had a heart full of grief but she dared not disobey her father he whom she loved so well and whom she had never thought for one moment as being opposed to her own ideas of propriety and her own wishes she had always been taught to suppress her own and submit to his thus it was now at the eleventh hour she had no means of fortifying herself in any preconceived liking she may have had submission was all she had learned a blind and willing submission to a fond and doting parent she knew no other course of action her heart however had other yearnings she had loved another but she knew not how to act she dared not even entertain the thought of throwing herself at her father's feet and imploring him to save her from perpetual sorrow much less did she think of opposing him but she had done this much In the first moment of her terror and anguish she had written off to her brother, informing him of her danger, but at the same time she had advised nothing, and expressed no wish, only told him the fact and her fears. The wedding morning arrived, and the house of the count gave indications of the festivity, and with the day came guests richly dressed, and the bells rang a merry peal upon the occasion, and the Count was in high spirits. But the bride was not seen. "'How is Signora Isabella your daughter?' inquired one of the guests. "'She is as well as maiden modesty will permit.' "'I have not seen her.' "'Nor I.' "'Nor you,' replied the guest, astonished. "'No.' She has secluded herself, but will appear presently when the bell rings for the service. The fact is, she cannot leave her father, even for the arms of a husband, without feeling a grief for the change. I hope she will be happy. I have no doubt of it. The man is worthy of her, and capable of making her happy, I hope. I have no doubt of that hark the bell sounds is that the signal yes follow on i will bring my daughter forth and as he spoke he left the guest who hurried to the chapel and found the stranger awaiting his bride with some impatience he acknowledged the courtesy of those who came to him and looked towards a small door which presently opened and the count and his daughter appeared She was of marble paleness, and no signs of happiness were seen in her face. She trembled, and her whole soul seemed to be intent on something afar from her presence. She lifted her eyes and gazed upon the throng, but apparently saw none, or not those whom she wished. Her father spoke to her. She heaved a deep sigh, and appeared to be resigned to her fate." The ceremony commenced, and Isabella stood, but her eyes occasionally sought the chapel door, and in a few moments more, before the important part was concluded, a bustle took place near the door, and immediately afterwards some officers in Venetian uniform entered the chapel, among whom was the young Count Isabella's brother and with him a young officer into whose arms she instantly threw herself and fainted. "'Father,' said the young count, "'father, this must not be.' "'Why not, my son?' said the count. "'Because my sister loves another, and yon man is a monster.' "'What mean you, sir?' said the chevalier. "'If you were other than what you are, your words would beget a different answer.' you are a vampire replied a young neapolitan who stepped forward i knew you before know you not the holy father whom you murdered tis false i will bring one to prove it as the chevalier spoke he crossed the chapel and left the place but he did not appear again and upon inquiry he had quitted the palace in a gondola and never reappeared End of chapter 173